The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? So we're having a variation of a new drink off the original recipe was Brother's Keeper, but this one's called Kraken's Keeper. Uh-huh. Since we live in Seattle, the Kraken are up here for our hockey. I thought, why not try that? So we have one and a half parts of Kraken rum with one, half a part of Fernet Bronca, quarter part on simple syrup, five drops of Angostura bitters and five drops of chocolate bitters, wow. stirred, strained over an ice ball, and then Orange peels expressed over the glass and then placed into it as garnish. Amazing. So this is a spiced rum. Yeah. Smells good. Oh, you can taste the spice. Isn't that interesting? It's actually a great drink. It's a great drink. It's a great drink. Wow, that's a fall drink. That's a fall drink. That's Don't a great drink. Do you think that's yeah. a fall drink? Because yeah. it's not like weird spice. No. It's like very appropriate with It's very, it's very subtle. Yeah. Oh, that's... That's excellent. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing on that. No, you're just onto something here. It's going to do all the rest. I'll have to, I yeah. have to digress. I think I actually use full simple syrup in this. Oh, really? The full amount. Oh. Actually, if I go back to thinking when I measured it, yeah. I think that's what I did. It's so, so good. by accident, because I was trying originally based on the Brothers to Keeper reduce it, to right. reduce the sugar, mm. but that was an aged Jamaican rum, and this is a spice, spice rum. Mm-hmm. And it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good one. I'm I a like yes. it. I'm a yes. The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA, the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at Slub, S L U B B. USA.com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. So chapter 16 of the beauty series, this one's called With Prince Alexi. And the chapter begins where the last chapter ends with her strung up on the wall. Yeah, in the right. closet, right, and, and everyone's sleeping. Everyone's sleeping, and she's looking at the gowns hanging, and 
she's getting sort of aware of all the piles of slippers and possessions. The moonshine. Yeah, she's all seeing all the havingness of wealth. Right. And she's just contemplating, you know, all of this when she hears a noise. Well, she's also contemplating her own self as like those things are hung up oh, all right. around her. And she's yes. like, and I too am hung up like an and put out of view, objectified like an object, like yeah. I'm a possession to have and keep safe. But this is where my possessions are kept. Right. And so she was very clear about that. And I thought actually for the writing, I thought that was an excellent way to bring in objectification that happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that is a powerful thing because I had a struggle with that early in our dynamic on being a perfectionist. So thinking there are, you know, levels of being a submissive and so slave was the top level you know just you know more more yielding more accountable that kind of thing i thought well more is better like such a silly context but i did and so i was like having to really grapple with things like she's thinking now she feels like she's a possession like a gown is what she's equating herself to but I remember really contemplating, and maybe this is my story getting in the way for me on yeah. my own value. But at the time, I was thinking, yeah, but he's a sadist, so he's sadistic. I don't know if he's completely psychologically sadistic or only physically sadistic. Right. And he might get tired of me but want me around because we do have a lot of affinity. Yeah. And so what if he wants me around for his let's just say daily life service. And then all of a sudden he'll just bring someone else in who he's going to actually fuck or whatever. And then I, in order to rationalize it all so that as a slave, so I have buy-in, you know, he says, now you're every time a person comes over to play, you're going to be the footstool or you're going to be the right. table or, or whatever. Right. Whatever. You, you contemplated all of it. I contemplated it. And then I contemplated a pretty heavy thing for me. I didn't even know it. This is before I've learned to get sleep. Because we've really worked on my sleep with you. But I remember thinking he could invite someone over. I could be a slave. So they're sleeping in the bed together and I'm on the floor. Or not even that even. That he's chosen me to be a slave and he doesn't have anyone. But he says, you're now on the floor. And I kept thinking, I already had, and we talked about this recently, made a choice, as crazy as it sounds, but it has to do with my sexuality. I'd already made a choice that, we were a thing like ongoingly like that was i didn't see an ending in that wow and i didn't know what it meant in context like how we would relate to one another because right. i didn't i can only control my side of it right? right but i was like but he has this history of all these other people so then the reality is he might get bored and right. move on i do think he keeps telling me he's happy with with me and he keeps telling me things like our affinity yeah but that's because we live together and that's a life, but his sexual creatureness might be someplace else. Right. So I was like trying to grapple with, so he might actually say he wants that clear delineation that you are on the floor. And I had to think because I'm in, I'm not in part way. I'm all the way in. You'd have to do something major that was out of agreement before I would be gone. And I thought, And he hasn't, at this point, he hasn't shown me any of that outside of agreement. He's been nothing but supportive. So if he said, you're now on the floor forever. Well, we had actually a moment like that. Right. Where we talked about a daily maintenance venue. Right. And you were all in. It took you a minute to kind of go, okay, yeah. It did take me a minute. It did, right? So 
you had that experience. Now, I want to get far off the books. We just started in that the first paragraph. I know, I know. Right? That, that, but, that's, but, but that's what came out of the but, first paragraph. But that's why this chapter of all the chapters thus far probably the has the most powerful. It's the most interesting chapter yeah. for a lot of reasons. So what happens next is she's hanging in the closet. She's admiring the, the hangings up. And she has a door open. And it's Prince Alexei. Mm-hmm. And he lets her off her binding she takes it down the wall now while she's on the wall she's talking about how hard her nipples are and how wet her pussy is and she jumps him as soon as he unleashes her she She jumps on top of him and he's like stop stop you know and come down the hall with me and (laughs) shut your mouth (laughs) yeah so he leads her down a corridor and through some back doors of the like spiral staircases of the castle and gets to a room and he locks them in. And she and notices old... it. It looks like a room that hasn't been used forever. Like it was left in a hurry. Yeah. But there's dust. It hasn't been used. So she gets a sense of herself that, well, no one's been here. So maybe no one will check. Because she's she feels, already on alert. She feels a little comfortable. And they basically fuck. Yeah. Like four times in 30 minutes. You know, <laughs> like crazy fucking. Yeah. Like cartoon fucking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Out of the experience of having sex with who she wants to have sex with, because she actually she desires she desires him, they start having an actual conversation afterwards. Well, because they're he's freaked out. He, he is freaked he's out. freaked out. Doesn't want her to fall asleep. Doesn't want to fall asleep post sex because he has to get her back by the morning. Because the queen wakes up always at dawn, yes, and she needs to find Prince Alexei at the foot of her bed, and she needs to be able to go in her dressing area to yeah. see so Beauty I, hanging. I thought that was all well written. I thought that was very yeah, well, that was that, good. That was well done. And then they have a conversation about submission, and I thought this was a really interesting conversation because it really is a conversation about submission. It really is a conversation about the choices a submissive makes to serve. Mm-hmm. It really was a conversation that related to our experience together. Yeah. I thought. I thought it was interesting. He is fixated a little bit on trying to understand why she won't yield. And what he's getting at based on going through that with you, I think, he's trying to discern what is her uh what is her niche? Where does she fit in submission? And he used an example. He talked about Princess Lizette. Yes. Who Beauty had, when she visited the Hall of Punishments on tour, she wasn't there because she was being punished, but on tour, she saw the whole thing with Princess Lizette being bound and being hung up and then tormented. What Prince Alexei was sharing about Princess Lizette was that she loves to be bound. Like, that's her kink. Right. So she does things, so she gets punished to be bound and then part of binding for her is the uh where the uh, lords and ladies come in and torment the hanging people and she kind of gets off on that so she becomes more bratty more intense because what's happening is even though they feel like they're punishing her she's getting off on it and so he's trying to say within your life as a slave where do you land yeah in what you desire. And let me go back real quick. Before Prince Alexei came in to where she was hanging earlier in the chapter, I remember her saying, and she was just, she, her pussy was throbbing. She was still sexed up from all the stuff she had done earlier with Princess Juliana and the queen. So she even said she pressed her butt into the stone wall, even though it was hurting because she wanted to feel the contrast between the hurt And then when she pulled away and the relief that I think by the author, that part right there 
was brilliant okay, because that's what masochists do. They For lean sure. into stuff to then grapple with the edges of their masochism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a well-written part of the chapter because it really did grapple with the question of what is submission. Mm -hmm. And this notion of selflessness came up mm -hmm. and being selfless and choosing that path and accessing what it is you consider to be your kink. Like all of that Which, was part of that conversation. Didn't he right? say, because I think I got this out of it yeah. too. And remember, I read this before I met you. So this was all new for me. Like this yeah. is me hearing things. And the reality was, he said, but within your, he's not saying the words kink because this is a right. fairy tale. But the idea is what he's telling her is within your kink where exists and he believes she's a masochist, right? Right. That there is pleasure and power there because you can choose how to have that yin and yang based mm. on you obeying or not obeying to get your needs met. When I read that, I remember thinking, oh, submissives have power. And I've always thought this because as a dominant, I've been a professional coach. But in the end, if your quote, quote, submissives or athletes do not want to believe or do what you're telling them, you're only a dominant if you have a submissive willing to submit to you. Yes. It's the same thing with yes. coaching professionally. <laughs> I am only a coach if my athletes choose me as a coach For sure. and submit to what I'm prescribing yeah 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 that's exactly right so the so he's showing her power yeah the conversation is about the context of being a submissive in its totality because you use your submission and the power of your submission to maneuver through the experience and i would not say it's manipulative so i'm going to maneuver I it is a yeah. true expression as a masochist yeah and if your dominant can't see what you need, and maybe you didn't know what you needed until right. all of a sudden you had an aha. I actually had that moment with you, and it was freaking scary to tell you this. But I said, I think I can handle it. I'm having trouble with it because it's not rhythmic. Yeah. And like I'm listening, we have the music playing super loud, and then your strikes are surprising. And I get that some people love the surprise and you should know me by now. I don't like the surprise as much. I like math is very musical. I was a musician. So like I even Running said, that, I even, I even right. told you that I said, I played an instrument. I know what the downbeat is yeah. when you're off the downbeat. I start to get off in my head. Like numbers don't mean the same thing. Right, and, right. You know, and I know I'm sure that was a weird thing for you to hear. No, no, not really. But I was like very adamant about it. Like, let's try yeah, yeah, yeah. rhythmic. Yeah. So this is why we say communication is our kink. Because, yeah. Yeah. because as a submissive, as a masochist, through communication, you guided my, let's call it playing field of dominance mm -hmm. to suit the way you experience yourself as a masochist. Which I thought would make your experience better because I could go places I hadn't been before. Totally. Well, that's the whole journey, right? Right. Well, yeah. Right. So anyway, so their conversation evolves from a conversation about submission and a little bit about masochism, which I thought was interesting, to a conversation about power exchange. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was interesting too. I thought this chapter captured a lot more about and, the DS dynamic. And polyamory. A little bit touched on polyamory, a little bit. They didn't label it, but I'm just saying no, he that, talked about his love much. of the queen right, right. in her place for his love right. and the love of beauty in her place. And, and he acknowledged 
that Beauty has love for the prince. Yes. And love, love for, him. for him. And love for Juliana. Yeah. And Lady Giuliani. Yeah. He was even saying she's a three-year. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so it's an interesting opening for that. It was. You know, I thought that the conversation got a little bit kindergarten at mm-hmm. one point. Right around this idea that you can substitute pleasure for pain in in Pepe, for example. Mm-hmm. But this book is about that. Right? The book diminishes so. diminishes the whole impact play experience to it punishment. diminishes what masochism is yeah. for people. And it's not it's not that people like to punish submissives, right? It's not like that's what kink is. Like kink is that, about that's a, exploring mm, yes. a, exploring a top and a bottom experience in impact play and right. you know, so I think so, as an author she has missed... I think she has a fantasy about that. Let me just say this one thing. I think she has missed the kink experience by talking about impact play the way that she does in Dominance and Punishment. Mm-hmm. In Punishment and Impact Play, for example. Mm-hmm. I think that there's way more to that conversation. That's what I've yeah. learned in my journey, yeah. is that a mascus understanding what they need and being able to express that to the right sadist is important. But not everyone that punishes people or actually does impact play is a sadist. Right. Sometimes there's just a power exchange going on and it's a humiliation thing. The right. impact is happening. And it could be at a very high level too. Right. It could be higher than some masochists can handle. But that's what it becomes the trademark for the humiliation that you did this so wrong. I don't know. For example, Prince Alexi in this chapter talked about he purposely spilled the wine in the Great Hall when, when Beauty arrived so that Beauty could watch him get punished. Because it, it got him off. Because it got him off but on that, being humiliated and punished. Because right. he's kind of made that clear in this chapter. Right. Like, you shouldn't be so worked up about it. Yeah. Punishment's <laughs> kind of cool. And... <laughs> I mean, basically is what yeah. he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, but she's wired a little differently. Yeah. And what is interesting about this is even though it's a fairy tale, I can see where I was at the time in my masochism. Like I remember like thinking very much like an athlete, like, okay, I know I'd done research on Saffir. I know what he's up to. So I have to be able to do this. Arbitrarily, you never told me I had to do this. Right. X, Y, and Z. I just said in my head, I looked at the numbers, the stats, the, whatever I thought were your stats and I, as a sadist. And I was like, oh, okay, the numbers are here. That's what I have to do. And so yeah. then I put that on me. Now, I was very aware I wasn't going to be able to come out of gates like this. But I also realized who I was. I now know why you called me the Pied Piper. Yeah. Because I knew without that language, I knew, well, most people want to hang around me for a little bit. Yeah. So... I have some time here to see, yeah. you know, and I wasn't using that as a sexual reference. I didn't have a sexual reference for that. Right. All I had was relationship reference, right. how I related to people. Right. So I said, yeah, he'll want to still get to know me at some level. So let's see. Okay. And then I operated within that right. thinking like an athlete, like I'm going to, I went often beyond what I thought I could go beyond because I was quote, quote, training to get to where I needed to be. Wow. Well, you've always said so, the person against the line yeah, versus the winner, you know. But it, it's so and, obscene and, when I say it now because I feel so differently about you and what we're exploring and how we're exploring. Yeah. But that is my context back then. For sure. But you also are key again on something very interesting, which is that athletes, because they're athletes, 
have an experience. Okay, let's clarify self. that. Let's clarify that. Because I do think I have a common language with most people who have been athletes. Yeah. And I won't even tell you what that means. Right. And then there are, let's use the right language, there are elite athletes. Yes. Athletes that are the ones getting scholarships to college, qualifying for a championship, world games, Olympics, those kinds of things. Playing right. professionally, right. Semi-pro to pro yeah, is that, what I would that, say. That's a very thin air experience. Okay, so I've right. been in the semi-pro area right? because I was an amateur athlete at my peak, right? Right. so that you can never be pro, no matter what they say, especially right. in track and field. Well, you couldn't then, for sure. Well, especially still in track and field. Yeah. And so the reality is you have like 15 gigs in order to make it work, right? right? Not like a football player has one gig, right? right? Okay, so... Semi-pro, there's a whole other level that happens at that level of intensity and training, yeah. of dedication, yeah. that is completely different. And no disrespect to anyone. It's just a fact. It's right. a skill. It's a skill set. It's a, well, it's a So then you set. bring that skill set. Yeah. And without knowing you, because you didn't have any of this on your profile. Right. But I was drawn to things you said because you spoke in a particular way yeah. that when we found out we were both that level of athlete, that semi-pro level yeah. of athlete, yeah. I knew, oh, yeah, yeah. this is natural. Yeah. Because you get what I'm talking about. When I say I'm going to do something yeah. and why I beat myself up for not doing it at level, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a reason for that. Yeah, but Think about it. all your other submissives who I didn't know. follow through on things. Yeah, yeah. Were they oh, at the level? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Were they at that level of athleticism? Did yeah. they have that skill? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not, right. But I think that's also true, and this is what I wanted to get at, which is that athletes by and large, because they're used to pushing themselves in this way, have an access point into sadomasochism that other people don't. Of course. Yes, yeah. they have to. And in that that's true, now the opportunity to stretch yourself in different ways becomes just, a real thing. Just think right? about this. I thought about this, and quite recently I thought about this. So I was a masochist as a runner. Yeah. So that takes a certain thing, and there's a certain grit that has to happen in the middle to distance races. Yeah. So there's an endurance factor, right? right? It's partly masochistic. That's where my rhythmic came from you. And so I'm going to say something. You're a chemical pain addict. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then there's a intensity level yeah, that uh, I can go through yeah. at certain points, right? And particularly the way you orchestrate our scenes where they would come at the end was very much like a race where you'd right. be at the end having to push through right. that ultimate point. Now, that doesn't work for everyone. You also orchestrated that I was at a very high level of subzone as well as I was warmed up properly, right? right? Like a coach, yeah. right? Yeah. But then think about this. As a swimmer, because I was not like a normal athlete, I had been in multiple phases of different athletics at yeah. a super high level. And swimming was my first one. So breath play. Right. So I would play as a mascus with my breath, right. with pain, right. and deal with it in and out of, you know, not necessarily well, we water. Gas mask. We yes. Actually, we actually did this. So we, we exactly this. Gas mask. Right. This was a thing that I experienced yeah. and had access to. Not because I'm magic. No. I had been trained. Yeah, but that's very interesting. You know, in this book, there's a, I want to call it a minimizing of the experience of the DS dynamic. Right. And right. it's reduced to master-slave. 
Yes. So they don't really deal with the power exchange. It's just total power exchange. But, but this, don't this you think Prince first... Alexei's having a little bit of a power exchange well, well, with is, Beauty? Maybe, maybe. But uh, that's because that's how he's learned. But this is really a conversation about how to be a submissive in this context. Because the power is established. So right? now you know yeah. why I was attracted when I read this book or turned I mean, on. I, I can see if you got to this chapter. I did. Oh, yeah. But remember, I didn't have any context before. So no. all of it was somewhat titillating. Theoretical. Right? But here, if you think about where I ended up at. Yeah, yeah. This was the core. And I think around here, I was like, really? I didn't know it was called polyamory. Right. That was something I was trying to grapple with. Like, how could you love this person and love this? Well, now that we know who you are. Right. But I didn't know. And I kept thinking, no, this is another thing that's wrong with me. Because I should just be what girls used to call in junior high, boy crazy about every boy. Right. Every boy I found attractive. This is what society taught us. They called it something. They called it being boy crazy on the playground. This isn't like before junior high. Right. And I'm thinking, no, I don't feel boy crazy, but guaranteed if I run a 50, I'm going to catch that kid in a sprint. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just was in a different place in my life and no one had come into my sphere. I only had, this is amazing. This will tell you something about me. So when my, before I was school age, God, I remember this life. Like I was actually in school age, which is so weird because I told you before, I remember back when I was two or three and you're right. like, you're kind of like, well, kind of, maybe, sort of. Yeah. No, 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 really. I remember before my brother was born, yeah. which was two and a half years. Yeah. So I remember- Back to school age. But back to school age, I remember being different than other people, people kissing behind the dumpsters and things right. like that. And no one was coming to talk to me. I was being asked to be on the boys' soccer team. I was being asked to go run the track meet. I was a performer in the classroom- but I wasn't even engaged in that. Yeah, but now you know you're a demi-sapiosexual. Yes. And you need something more to even acknowledge the accolades and the appreciation and the acknowledgement that you get, right? Yeah. So anyway, good chapter. In this, this chapter was good. good book. Yeah, so a lot she, of she stuff wrote covered. well. She covered a few things with a little bit of misunderstanding, I'm going to say. I'd say latitude for the author. I'll give them that. But this is probably the best chapter from my point of view yeah. so far. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Thank you.